Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you might learn something about fantasy probably... I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Joining me, as always, is my good friend and partner in crime, Rob Langevin. What's what's happening with you, Rob? What's going on, Kevin? What's going on, everybody at home? Uh, welcome to the Romelu Lukaku Apology Network. Uh, we are coming to you live <laughs> from Kentucky and New Jersey, respectfully. Um, we apologize to all viewers and listeners that uh, Lukaku has decided to show up with vigor and score four. And now he looks like the second coming of Jesus. Oh, see what I did there? I I did. You you got both of the big headlines in there. Uh, Romelu Lukaku obviously scored four and assisted one at the weekend. Got him 50 in DFS. I should have checked to see what it got him in FPL. But I assume it was also just ridiculous. Um, 21. 21. <laughs> yep, that'll do. Um, but yeah, so that was obviously incredible. Now, with Lukaku... He has these from time to time. This was oh, his second hat trick of the season. Well, I guess this is technically a double brace. Um, and then sometimes he goes shy after those. Um, but sometimes he does. I, that was just a blatant lie, as it turns out. I was trying to load a stat with what I assumed was true. After his three, after his hat trick against Sunderland earlier this season, he backed it up with four match, four goals in his next five matches. So. Are we, are we advising the mold? Are we advising people to bring him in? I mean, you kind of I mean, maybe. He, has, he <laughs> obviously had the most to. goals last week. He has the most goals over the last five because of last week, and now he's leapfrogged everybody and has the most on the season with sixteen, one more than Ibra. I mean, he's pretty much a necessity now because <clears throat> with United's blank coming up, uh, it takes Ibra out of the equation. I think. I think yeah. you could probably make a like for like sub there. Uh, you know, City is also blanking, so you know. The if you want to believe in in the second coming of Jesus, then 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 by all means bring him in, and then be prepared to lose him maybe for one possibly two weeks, and then Arsenal is also blanking during that time, but they don't really have you're not gonna really you're not bringing in uh, you know Olivier Giroud <clears throat> and comparing him to Lukaku here, but uh, yeah Lukaku is probably one B to the most own, ownable player right now, probably besides Eden Hazard. Mm. Yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how people do deal with that. We'll get into that a little bit later in our <laughs> segment we've done the last couple of weeks, but that we're calling either or, uh, where we look at players that are, are around similar situations. Um, but we will get to that in a sec. I, we do need to talk about Gabriel Jesus because because we have to because you have to. He has three goals and an assist in his first two matches. I did see somebody on Twitter say something that I fully believe, which is. Wouldn't Guardiola just out of nowhere put Aguero back in this week just to screw with people? Um, and I wouldn't necessarily be surprised. But with Jesus, he has already gone up uh, 0.2 in price since coming. He's now at 9.2. 
And my question for you is, is he ownable? Like, I made the Guardiola joke, but he has done some weird things this season. Can you fully trust Gabriel Jesus, especially considering those blanks that you already mentioned? Yeah, I, I, I'm. he's looking like Pep's guy. I don't think Pep's afraid to step on Aguero's toes in the, here at all. Uh, the only thing is that he blanks. So, I mean, if, you ha- if you're building your roster and you can afford to keep Gabriel Jesus on your team and then have an immediate transfer out to bring someone else back in, then by all means, I mean, use him for week 25. I mean, they have a favorable matchup this week, so by all means, do it. Bournemouth's defense is leakier than the Titanic after it hits an iceberg with no violins playing. But, <clears throat> you know, he looks like Pep's guy. He is Pep's guy right now. And that alone leads me to believe that he's going to play again. I know, I know, like you said, that Aguero can come back in and at a moment's notice, and, and it wouldn't surprise me because Pep's done this before all year, and, and for his price, nine to two. I mean, if if you if you're rostering one of the you know the four aforementioned you know big three or four strikers, Kane, Costa, Ibra. I mean, one of those one of those is getting replaced by Lukaku, and then the other one, you know, Ibra and Costa are are okay question mark, but Costa and Kane are definitely ownable. I wouldn't I wouldn't jump in and be like, all right, I got to own because you're not you're not making the move and owning three of those guys. I don't think. But I mean, it's it's complete realm of possibility because they are a little bit of a down change, um, Jesus and Lukaku, a little bit of a, a salary change there from the you know the eleven and Costas and Ibrahimoviches. So I mean, it is possible that you could form a a, a, a three headed hydra at the top with with uh, <clears throat> Jesus, Lukaku, and whoever else you you feel comfy with there. You know, there's reasonable guys. You know, even even if you want to have a, a, the faith in Troy Deeney, who looks resurged, you know, at he is current 6.7. You know, he's got three goals in his last three. Watford completely looks like a different team now that they have some uh, some playmakers on the pitch. I mean, Called it. you know, the the, uh, the the FPL universe is definitely a shift. It's a January shift right mm. now. I, I haven't really noticed uh, one this significant in the last few years since uh, January transfer window closed. Mm. How the... Uh, the aforementioned giants of fantasy, like the Agueros, and you know, with the blanks coming up that are involved, so they're very early this year. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's something. There's a big change going on, and and I think it's forcing people. The, the number of wild cards used by next week is probably going to be more than si- probably fifty to sixty percent of, of wild cards are going to be gone already. I mean, and I don't I don't I don't fault people at all because of you know they want to keep pace with everybody else, and some people position themselves better and are getting luckier by you know bringing in the right parts at the right time. You know, like Lukaku last week, and you know Ali, you know five weeks ago, and. You know, people just need to make a change. They need to hit lightning in a bottle. But it, it's it's fun. It's an intriguing thing. I mean, I would I would fault nobody right now if they if they went with a front three of Lukaku, Jesus, and Kane, and completely you know they have extra money because you know you're saving eleven point five in the midfield because I don't after this week are you trusting Alexis Sanchez? No, because he's got a he's got a bye week, so you could downshift, save a little bit of money, go to Hazard, and then probably you know just roll with you know. Two or three, you know, middle of the road guys like Ali, Sigurdsson, any anybody else, you know, Snodgrass. I, I love in the upcoming fixtures because he doesn't blank. But you know, the blank, the blanks, and the double and the and possible double blanks for teams are definitely, definitely something that people need to take notice of, and definitely take notice of the guys that aren't blanking at all. You know, the West Ham, the West Broms, you know, teams of that ilk. You know, it's it's mm. it's it's fun. This is what this is what this game is all about. It's it's this is chess, not checkers. 
Yeah. Um, something that I've seen a lot of people recommending this week is holding on to your free transfers. So you can do a double next week, presumably to get rid of people like Ibrahimovic and Sanchez. Um, but my question for you is, uh, should people be doing that, especially after a week that was so weird? I mean, so you had Lukaku on four, King DeFoe and Jesus on two, and then 24 different players scoring one goal. Yeah. And a lot yeah. of the staples of people's teams did not do anything. So I'll, I, I agree with you. I think a lot of people are going to lean on the wild card, but do you think people can get away with not making a transfer this week? You know, I I came into this week. I currently have I'm sitting on two two transfers right now, and I'm probably going to end up making both transfers only because there's guys I think I can get in my lineup now to maximize the potential of my team. Uh, Lukaku is definitely one of them. I'm not a Lukaku owner. Um, <clears throat> if that costs me Ibrahimovic, then so be it. I mean, Ibrahimovic blanks next week, so I'm not really losing that much except for one week. You know, I mean, I'm I'm basically saying that I think Lukaku will score more than what Ibrahimovic is is what I've seen from him. And it's a complete possibility. I mean, Lukaku is basically scoring on par with him anyway. So, you know, but I mean, going into next week with two transfers is all well and good, but, you know, you still have to pick the right guys to do things with. Um, so having two doesn't mean necessarily mean you're going to be right. But I, I, I'd be okay with going into one next week and then, you know, ro- rolling your luck with a minus four and hoping that you're you're just as right as the guy bringing in you know, two free transfers because if the guy you're bringing in for your minus four does something well and you do it obtusely with a transfer that nobody else is making and you and you hit, then that's that's in your favor. So I mean, there, there's multiple strategies you could do here. You know, if you want to set yourself up for the long run here and and figure out what's going on with the double game, the double blanks for some teams because we will know after this week which teams are double blanking in, in 28 because the FA Cup is after this week, I believe. Right? Yes. 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 Yeah, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and so we'll know who's who's out in 28 as well after after before the next game week after this after this week. So I mean, people are going to be have two weeks basically to figure out who they want to bring in for the 26, 27, 28 stretch. And you know, besides the teams that don't blank, we know who they are. There's five or six of teams that don't. So I mean, th- those guys are going to be brought in a ton. You know, Sigurdsson is a popular guy. You know, the Everton, Everton guys are popular. West Brom guys, West Brom defense, Brunt and McCauley and Dawson are all popular right now because they should be because they don't have a, a, a blank. And by transferring them out now while you have a transfer in your kitty, you're, you're saving yourself for later or possibility of using your wild card. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of really good advice from you there. Uh, as always, uh, do we want to do uh, price changes before we hit either or, or vice versa? <clears throat> no, do either or. Oh, like either right. Or. Yeah, so do I. It's a, it's a new thing. We're trying. We seem to have liked it thus far. Uh, I guess we'll just kind of rotate back and forth. At least that's what we did last week. Um, yeah. So my question is, I've already alluded to it before, but if you only end up having one transfer next week and you're going to bench one of them, who would you sell between Ibrahimovic and Sanchez? Um, I think it would probably be Ibra, only because... You know, I'm looking at they Arsenal plays Hull, Liverpool, Leicester, West Brom, 25, 7, 28, and 29. Uh, Ibrahimovic, I think they have a little they have a little bit of a uh, harder fixture schedule, I believe. I'm looking it up right now. Sorry, this is awful radio. <laughs> they have Watford, <clears throat> they have Watford, Bournemouth, Southampton, Middlesbrough, but two of those games are away: Southampton and Middlesbrough. Um, you know, Ibrahimovic seems like to me 
a guy who's going to get you one goal and then maybe not much else against those teams, whereas Sanchez may give you a goal and an assist and maybe some other stuff. Hmm. Uh, there's, I just think the, the, the options – I'll put it to you this way. There's better options to transfer from Ibrahimovic to at forward than there are from Sanchez at midfield at that price range. Especially that, now that Lukaku broke out. Yeah. You know, if, if you're downshifting from Sanchez, you're, go, you're most likely going to Hazard. If if you're shifting off of Ibrahimovic, you have tons better. You have tons of options here. You can go Costa if you're not a Costa owner. You can go Kane if you're not a Kane owner. You can go Lukaku if you're not a Lukaku owner. You can roll the dice with with trying to jump in on on Jesus. You, there, there's the, the options there are limitless. You can even completely downshift if you already if if Ibrahimovic is your third. You know some people still are running with the the Costa Kane. You know Ibrahimovic uh, triumvirate up top. You know you can you can even downshift completely. Save yourself a buttload of money. Bring in two middle-priced midfielders that are they are about the same price, and and probably you know make out in the long run. So I, I think it's based on I think I would drop Ivanovic only because it's easier to shift to Lukaku and feel more comfortable than shift to a Sanchez, because uh, basically the best option there is Hazard that you're going to be in, investing your money in. So I think the options are probably what would dictate me to to, to drop Ibrahimovic first. Yeah, I think that sounds fair. What you got for me? Uh, I I went all I went all up too. So I'm I'm gonna skip one because I think you probably wrote it too. Because it, it it's it, if you had to pick Jesus or Lukaku, it's probably gonna be Lukaku only because of the blanks, correct? So I'll uh, skip over that. Yeah, one. because of blanks and because uh, and who knows what Pep? Th- there is not another option at Everton. Yeah, and absolutely. now you have Aguero and him and Ike Anacho still there, and he's gonna have to get his minutes in the Premier League because I thought an interesting thing that you might not have seen he- reported heavily is that Ike Anacho was dropped from Manchester City's Champions League squad. Yep. So if they want to get him minutes, it may have to be here. Oh wait, oh they might have put him. Is he still under twenty one? Yeah, I th- I think he's playing on the under twenty threes or whatever it is. Ooh, because yeah, he may have he may actually still be able to play in the Champions League. They may have just changed the way he was listed. Yeah, because he's only he's only 19, or twenty years old. So okay, so yeah, that's probably what they did. So never mind, he can still play <laughs> yeah, in both. Yeah, it's a sh- it's a shame because Ianacho is is a player in this league. We've seen that he could he could be a striker. I just don't think it's at City in the future. I think he's probably I think he'll go to a lower level club next year if he stays in the Premier League yeah. and probably flourish. It'd be interesting but, if he kind of did a Lukaku when um, Lukaku was at Chelsea and went to West Brom on loan. Yeah, that's, that was like that's really the first time comparison. we saw him show up. Yeah, I think that, something like that would be interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, the first one I did was because because you've been screaming this guy's praises. You made me aware of how good he was, and it's obviously Niang from from Watford. Yeah. You know, you know. I admit that I may have been a little wrong. He he showed what he could do last week, and I, I he's listed as a forward. He plays more of a midfielder midfielder kind of mm. forwardy role. He should have one of those dual tags, but the official game doesn't allow it. So Niang from Watford, or. Fernando Lorente. Basically, they're the same Ooh, price, 6.0, 6.2. And Lorente's next four games, Leicester, Chelsea, Burnley, and Hull. The Burnley fixture is not at Burnley. Go. Yeah, that is interesting because Burnley away from home are much more <laughs> question marky team. At home, they're great. Although this week, they don't get any favorites because they have to play Chelsea. <laughs> um, I, think, I think I have to hang my hat. Uh, on Niang, as soon as that deal was done, I loved it. Um, my Andre Gray shout combusted, unfortunately. Like, he would have gotten the penalty last week, but they took him off at the hour mark for, like, no reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for me, I think Niang is an easy shift to that 6.0. He's going to constantly be involved. Uh, you're absolutely right. He's kind of been playing more as, like, a left forward, kind of. 
um, for Watford, but he's been an out-and-out striker in the past when he was at Milan. Um, and all the big clubs were after him about four or five years ago uh, when he was first uh, looking to join big clubs. I mean, this is a incredibly, incredibly talented player. Uh, and he offers exactly what Watford have needed all season, which was pace. You know, I, I was a big Isaac success, success guy when he briefly mattered. Um, and the Yankee fulfilled that role just better. Uh, I think Lorente is very one-dimensional. Kind of like your Ibrahimovic to, to Alexis comparison. Ibrahimovic is basically only going to score the goals. I know he had a couple assists, what, three or four weeks ago? <laughs> but Alexis is, you know, top five on the season and chances created and shots on target and uh, successful crosses and assists. Like, he he's offers so much else. I think Niang is more in that role where maybe he won't score the goals that Lorente will uh, come the end of the season, but he probably will have contributed to more. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, I already hung my hat basically as soon as he came to the Premier League, so I, I think I'd probably back that at the moment. Yeah. I, I I just like Lorente a little bit there only because of, of the fixtures that you know I did mention. They do have... You know, they have Leicester at home. Leicester away from home is garbage. They have Chelsea. That's their only bad fixture, and it's at Chelsea. Then they're, uh, you know, at home to Burnley and then at Hull. Hull's showing a little bit of resurgence here at home under Marco Silva. Uh, But, you know, I mean, Lorente is probably going to get you in those four games, probably, you know. And then they play Bournemouth and Middlesbrough after that. So, I mean, in those six games, if he gets you three goals, I think that's a win as your third striker. Yeah, could no, you, I agree. Could you, I mean, could you guarantee? Could you guarantee that Niang is going to get you three goals in the next six? Probably not. Yeah, you couldn't. But uh, kind of to that point, though, both of them are your rotating option. It's your third oh, forward yeah, totally. or your fifth midfielder. So it's kind of up in the air. Complete. The one, the one thing that I would say about Niang at six is how unfortunate it is that he's fully listed as a forward. It's not inaccurate, by the way. If you're basing it on where he's played in the past, he is a forward. But if you look at some of the five dot something options. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there are players that do what he does at a lower price, like Zaha, who just came back, or Amadi Phillips, who just came, or who who's. But both of them offer similar things at a lower price, even though it's at a different position. Yeah, he's basically similar to what uh, when Pedro came to Chelsea last year, he was listed as a forward, and then this year he became a midfielder. So yeah, I yeah, if Niang does uh, end up. Staying at Watford, which I would be surprised. I mean, the fact that Milan let him go in the first place had a lot more to do with politics than playing ability, although it had gotten to his, his um, form a little bit there. Mm-hmm. But if if he somehow stayed at Watford next season, I do think he'd be classed as a midfielder and he'd be a very dangerous option. Oh, yeah, totally. All right, well, I kind of just alluded to what my next one is uh, for you, and that's would you rather have the newly returned Wilfried Zaha or the recently struggling, in air quotes, Matty Phillips? Oh, uh, Matty Phillips are struggling. Guys. Yeah, and, and I have Matty Phillips in another one compared to another guy. Uh, so uh, well, let's we'll, stack we'll, it on. Let's both go through it. Who's, who's yeah? Your guy? So so we'll we'll add this on. It, it, it's it's a Zaha Phillips or Josh King. Ooh, Josh King, you Josh, know I love Josh King too. Oh. Josh King is showing. Looks like he has found a spot on that wide side for 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 Bournemouth, and they are struggling to. You know, keep pace with a lot of teams, especially keeping goals out of the net. So I think they're probably in from the standpoint of, do we try to keep uh, goals out of the net, or do we put our best scoring team on the on the plate and hope we outscore them? And I think Josh King makes them that type of team. Yeah, they 
that uh, try to score more. But if you could and now that you, Wilson is gone for a while, yeah, King's gonna absolutely. get a run out. Absolutely, and his price is cheap. He's five dot three. You know, Stanislaus looks like an in and out guy now. I don't, I, I don't understand why. I, I don't know if he can't stay healthy. Stanislaus, from what I hear, from what I hear, is a headache at practice. That's, mm. I've heard that. I heard that from a couple people. Is that what that happened to Max Gridell? Yeah, he's I heard super that good and disappeared. He's just not a he's not a practice warrior, and I, I think the coach just doesn't like him. But whatever. Anyway, but but given Josh King, given given Zaha, given Phillips, I, I'm not. I'm punting Matt Phillips right now. He's currently in my roster. I don't. I'm not buying anything that they're doing. Uh, look at West Brom's done offensively. I mean, look at the guys who've scored goals for them lately. Uh, you know, James Morrison has scored. Uh, Darren Fletcher has scored. Where Where is Matt Phillips? Uh, Solomon Rondon hasn't scored in nine weeks. Jeez. And and their schedule is very soft. That he should be scoring. You know, against teams that are at least on the West Brom level. You know, basically yeah. when this run started for West Brom, when they had these good fixtures, you know, they were pushing what seventh? They were seventh, seventh, seventh place. Yeah. You know, in in the Premier. I'm and look what kind of results you're getting fantasy wise from them. The best the best thing you could do is is basically own a West Brom defender now. So I mean, yeah, uh, keeping clean sheets. You know, um, is that three in a row now? Two. In yeah, row? Three in two in a row. row. Two in a row. Yeah. But uh, but Matty Phillips is has, he's he's a DFS darling. But unfortunately, that's not the format we're talking about right now because he basically scores because he's on the ball and he does create. But he's just not getting, the, you know, the assists and the tallies. He's basically turning into, you know, Andres Townsend. I hate yeah. to say it. And, I hate and to say it. The, uh, for people that want some real football context thrown in here, uh, it's because Chadley has converted mm-hmm. from being always out on the left wing. He's playing behind Rondon now, um, which is giving Chadley a lot more of the ball. And Chadley has looked better the past couple of weeks because mm-hmm. of it. He had the assist last week, I believe. Um, and so anyway, that's that's kind of what's shifted. Is it before they were playing all on the wings and Maddie Phillips was constantly dominating the ball much the way uh, Snodgrass was doing at Hull, where even though he's quote-unquote out wide, he's really the main facilitator of everything. Um, but now that Chadley's playing a little bit further up, he's more involved in play. So this is, this is not just a... Um, the points aren't there, so that's why we all of a sudden don't like Phillips. There has been a tactical shift mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. affected his value. Yeah, and I, I I did forget to mention Chadley did like shift into a more central role, and I think yeah. that's basically, you know, basically Phillips was playing the Zaha role before Zaha went yeah. to Afcon and doing the same thing that Zaha was doing yeah, with the wide. you know you know the wide side you know facilitator of the ball crosser of the ball getting getting in the getting in the balls at the right place at the right time and then you know following them in and, and being in the right place to score goals that I don't think that's there anymore I think if you're going to invest in a West Brom midfielder or forward currently I think Chadley is the buy at 6.0 I mean his price is basically what you want to buy into. You know, Son- Snodgrass is five point eight. You're gonna, everybody's going to have a bunch of money coming up because once twenty six and twenty eight blanks figure themselves out, guess what? That eleven point five that you own for Sanchez or whatever he is now, eleven dot whatever yeah. is gone, and you're going to downshift to Hazard, which is which is he's still in the tens. And then who else are you going to bring in? Well, we don't know because there are a lot of options that are could blank in twenty eight that are going to affect your money money situation. So I mean, yeah. these guys don't be a, the, the five guys are gone. I'd probably completely. I'm still on Tom Davies. I think he just sat because I think Everton wanted to just get him a rest. He did play a lot. He is 19 years old, uh, you know. But but there's a lot of guys that are very very cheap now that actually have been showing out in the last couple of weeks. You know, Davies did it for two two weeks in a row before last. Pedro Obiang did it for West West Ham last week. He's four dot four. I mean. If you're looking to punt completely, grab a guy who always plays. Obiang has played almost 90 minutes almost every game this year, except for the couple that I think he was injured for. Mm. So, I mean, 
a, sal- a complete salary punt is not always the best way, especially with blanks, because you're basically going to need everybody. But if you're going to blank on somebody, grab somebody that's going to play all the time. Darren Fletcher plays all the time. James Morrison plays all the time. You know, those are guys, those guys are in the in the force for a reason because they don't really contribute all the time, but they play a lot. Yeah. So you're running the gambit of of using a guy that isn't priced in, in too too heavy, but isn't going to be ownership a, a drain on you that you may make up some points. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think those are all excellent points. I think also worth noting is. People will have a lot of money, as you said, when people downshift from the Sanchez's and Ibrahimovic's. But I think we'll also see the kind of template, not as far as individual players, but right now it seems like everybody has two big strikers and two big midfielders. I think mm-hmm. once people shift down, it'll be awfully hard to get back up to two and two. I think mm-hmm. people end up having to choose if you want two of the high-priced midfielders or two of the high-priced forwards. It's just like... Um, when Aguero originally got suspended this year or when Aguero was hurt last year. And basically, as soon as you downshift, unless you're willing to protect that overhead in your bank, mm-hmm. you're basically just not going to have a chance to get back up. Yeah, you, you shoot yourself in the foot because it's it's a, it's easy to go down. It's hard to go back up unless you keep that, that, that money in your bank. That's, you know, you're not going to gain enough. Which is hard enough. to do. Yeah, absolutely. It's Especially tough. with blank weeks because you have players we, missing out. Because you want to keep up with the Joneses, you want to bring in the best talent that you have available. You don't want to sit there with you know four million in the bank and say, oh, I could have brought in you know you know Della Ali or somebody in that you know Sigurdsson or somebody in that mid range. So you went cheap instead. But it, it's it's a t- this is a tough game we play. It's, it's it's like I said before, it's chess, not checkers. Yeah. All right. Um, well, uh, you mentioned uh, Tom Davis over there at Everton did not play at the weekend. Neither, unfortunately, did Kevin Morales. Or uh, Holgate, who a lot of people have brought in as the first four dot nothing defender yep. that mattered this year, um, after a very very short stint from Swansea early in the season, mm-hmm. who had two, and then all of a sudden uh, they had yeah. the worst defense in the Premier League. But my question to you is, of those three Everton players that had been doing so well, because the super unfortunate thing is not only did all three get taken out, but then Everton had a massive win and a massive mm-hmm. surge in attack. So now, like, why would you change it back? So of the three of them, who is the least offensive to keep in your team? Uh, I I think you could probably keep Holgate in. His price isn't going to kill you. Um, I, I don't think anybody's shifting to James McCarthy with a goal and an assist uh, <laughs> at 4.8. One of the many um, people that was solely unowned last week that yeah, was super yeah. frustrating. I mean, I mean, from for me... I mean, I think Morelish is the most interchangeable part guy there. You know, at six at six dot one, I mean, there's tons of options that are basically right around him. So I love, like I, I mentioned before, Chad Lee is there at six dot oh. You have Snodgrass at five dot eight. Um, you know, these are just guys basically right around right around his price tag. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think it's got to be it's got to be Morelish for me. I mean. Uh, yeah, he shows up, but he doesn't show up all the time, and he's not a proven commodity. That's the whole thing. He doesn't consistently give you that, you know, five points every other week to give you the, you know, the, the adjustment from having a, just a basic run-of-the-mill midfielder. Um, yeah, it's got it's got to be Morelish for me. I mean, I'm just looking to see who else is. You know, Phillips is there, 5.9. You know, I already told you to punt on him, you know. A little bit, a little bit more expensive. You know, they got Milner, who's who's gone up in price this week for some reason. I don't, I don't understand why. Uh, Lanzini is as is, is right there at six point three. Hmm. 
a little bit more expensive. He he had an okay game last week. It didn't didn't show in the in the points, but he actually was playing very well. I think that he is the compliment guy to Snodgrass, but I, I it remains to be seen what they do there. Um, yeah, I, I I think it's I think it's with the money coming off from your midfield books. I think Morelish is the guy to go because I think the four out one Holgate and the four out four Davies are safe as your you know okay punts if they play cool. If not, they'll be my fifth guy rotation guy. Whereas Morelish is probably a guy you're looking at at 6.0 that he's going to probably play. You know, you, he's probably your fourth midfielder, and you're like, all right, he's playing. Regardless of who his pl- matchup is, he's playing. Whereas if you own Davies and you own Holgate, you probably have two better defenders or three possible better defenders with a matchup basis than, that are going to play over Holgate. And with Davies, he's the fifth, he's the fifth midfielder because he's just a punt. So Morelos at six would be would be the with the guy I I would steer clear of. Fair enough. All right, you got one more for me. Yeah, I'll, I'll get a. All right, I, I'll have a boring one and then a kind of fun one. So I'll give you the oh, oh kind of fun one. Okay. Uh, Henrik Henrik McTarian coming off a goal and an assist. Oh man, or, I want it so bad with these blanks, man. I know the blanks is tough. Or the the struggling to find form uh, after he left for Afcon Sadio Mane. Oh man, I hate this. If there were no blanks, it's easily yeah. McTarian, who has looked so good. Very I mean, good. It, it's refreshed. It's, he Very does, refreshed. and it's not just the goals and assists; it's the the play the whole time. He is um, so fast with his first touch. Like oh, I know, dude. Very, oh, so and fast. his first touch is sublime as well. It, yeah, it, I mean, it's almost it's almost like uh, he had the most assists in the Bundesliga last year. Who would have thunk um, I bet you. I bet you. If we did some research, I bet you he probably did. You know what? Maybe. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh man. Okay. All right. If Tottenham had Danny Rose, it would still be McTarian. Mm-hmm. But Sadio Mane up against Ben Davis. Ben Davis, who, by the way, lost track of Adama Traore at times last week. It didn't hurt Tottenham because Adama Traore sometimes forgets that he needs to kick a ball while he's sprinting. Yeah. Um, but you put Sadio Mane up against that in what I think is largely going to be a bounce-back game for Liverpool. As a Spurs fan, I was actually frustrated that Liverpool lost last week. Cool. I, I don't think I needed them to have any more motivation uh, coming into this week. Uh, uh, Liverpool can blank 28, though, right? But not 26. Uh, yeah, they could blank 28. It all depends. Yeah, if they win. So the question is, will McTarian outscore in one match mm-hmm. what uh, Mane could do in three? Yeah. So Mane, yeah. unfortunately, just the way the math checks out. But but as a, if you're asking me who I think is a better fantasy player, period, right now, mm-hmm. I think it's McTarian and it's not close. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but, it's not even yeah, close. Just schedule-wise, yeah, it's frustrating. Yeah, schedule-wise, it's frustrating. And the the propensity for Mane to be an asset we saw what he could do at the beginning of the year and he you know he grabbed everybody's attention so yeah I, I go with McTarian here hands down yep I agree with you there all right uh <laughs> did not expect that to take as long as it did we both had a, a, a one more but we need to get going uh why don't you talk I'll, us rifle, through... I'll rifle through price change yeah Save some time. So uh, price ups, price downs, we give the effects on the transfer market. Everybody knows what's going on. You all listen to us all the time, so we'll just jump right into it. Uh, I'll start at the back. There's a, a funny triumvirate get, that's gone up. Heaton, Stephen Ward, and Michael Keane have gone up. Uh, it's funny because Burnley plays at home this week, but guess who they play against? It's Chelsea. I don't, I don't get it. And then their next four, I believe the next four after this game are all away. 
which is crazy. Mm. I, th- I think I, I think I read that, and I said it was gonna, I was going to go fast with this, and, and uh, I am. Yeah, the next four are away: Hull, Swansea, Liverpool, Sunderland. Their next four after this game. Burnley has one point taken from their road games this this year. Yeah. It's one less than Leicester. That's awful. I think they have twenty one goals allowed at, at at on the road, or on, at home, or uh, yeah, on the road. Yeah, they suck. Um, so anyway, yeah. So that's it's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird uppingness. I think maybe people are trying to, you know, get some get some cheapness in there. But you know, Keen's Keen's not cheap. He's five and Ward's four five. So you're not really getting a punt. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, uh, Marcus Alonso's gone up. Duh. Uh, Seamus Coleman's gone up. Duh. Antonio Valencia's gone up. Yay! It's it's good move. United has uh, a blank in there. But they have Watford, Bournemouth, uh, Southampton, and Borough in their next four are surrounded around the blank. So I think a United defender may be a good rotation guy if you can afford it. Uh, through the midfield, uh, Ed Nazard, no, no surprise there. He's maybe the best player again this year in real life. I'm not saying fantasy. In real life, he probably looks like the best player on, on the pitch. Uh, James Milner's gone up. Why? I don't get it. Uh, Raheem Sterling, four assists in his last three. Uh, I mentioned to you a couple weeks ago when uh, who was it? When when Jesus was in, and I, I said I think the one person who's going to see the biggest benefit from this is Raheem Sterling. Um, he, yep. he made me not at least he made me a liar. Um, Sigurdsson has gone up. Love love Swansea's upcoming schedule. Uh, I think he's probably probably a staple in the midfield right now. He should be owned more than he is, mm-hmm. and he, he's currently owned at eight point nine percent. That's way too low. Uh, I know he just got a goal last week, so uh, if you're a little late to the party, it doesn't matter. I think there's still some goods to squeeze out of there. Uh, Harry, uh, yes, Harry Snodgrass. Robert Snodgrass has gone up, had his assist last week with West Ham. West Ham's schedule is okay, and they don't blank in 26 or 28. So I think the investment is there. That He's basically the you know the, the, the five-dot-whatever midfielder that people are investing in. Uh, and then the, the couple uh, forwards have gone up. Costa's gone up. He had two helpers last week. Uh, Benteke. Fucking got one goal in his last nine. I apologize for swearing. Uh, <laughs> Lukaku, four goals last week. No duh. Uh, Jesus, three goals and an assist. Kane's gone up because I think people are shifting off of Ibrahimovic and just look liking the way his big name looks next to other options. And then Troy Deeney's gone up three and three. Um, you know, De- Watford looks like somebody you probably can invest in. Uh, I'm, I'm a little skeptical. I, I hope they don't blank in 28 because I think if they don't blank in 28, I think there's going to be a lot of investments in Watford, especially in Niang and maybe in Dini. I just wish Niang was, was listed as a midfielder, but that's just me. Uh, on the downs, uh, these guys are just disappointments. Bournemouth defenders, Charlie Daniels, injured, and Bournemouth's defense sucks. Char- uh, Danny Rose, injured. Uh, Aaron Questo. Defense sucks less, though. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron, Qu- Aaron Questo, West Ham. Their defense is blah. Uh, it's funny, and, and we've we talked about before about Ibrahimovic and Alexis. Who would you rather dump first? Mm. It looks like Alexis Sanchez is, is being the guy, and Ibra has gone down as well. But Sanchez is blanking next week, so he's gone down. Uh, Junior Stanislas has gone down. Uh, he didn't play last week, and that's not good. It doesn't look good for the Bournemouth midfielder that I love. Um, I hope he finds a place, but I think Josh King has, has stapled his way into there. Yeah. Uh, Pedro's gone down. I, he just doesn't do enough for, for me to, to be, in a, be a, a rosterable Chelsea guy. I think he gets squeezed out because of you basically want you know Costa and then probably two defenders or you know Espo, uh, Courtois on your goal, but whatever. Uh, Andres Townsend, yeah. He's got one game over 10 points this whole year, and it was in October. Um, Adam Lalana. Blah, Liverpool midfielders are just getting swallowed up by the masses here. 
Henrik Mkhitaryan's gone down. That's pretty good for you if you want to buy in and are a believer in, in um, the non-blanking, but uh, it doesn't become an issue. Uh, Hen- uh, Callum Wilson, injury, he's gone down. Sturridge, really do I have to say anything? Uh, Aguero is a duh. Ibrahimovic, he's blanking, so I think people are moving around. And then I mentioned Solomon Rondon, uh, no goals in those last nine, and West Brom are struggling to find goals from anybody that you can rely on fantasy-wise. So those are my price ups and price downs. It's a healthy number of this number this week. Uh, I think people, you know, had banked a lot of transfers this week, so I think there's a lot of movement going around. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, also, kudos on getting through that so fast. You uh, were not jesting when you said no, that you would uh, go through that super fast. Well, when you have when you're when you have excellent research to you know such as me, and plus the vast knowledge of the things that you're talking about, right, right. and you know, enunciate those in a you know in a diplomative way to get across to the audience in a relatively fast manner, then we have something. But I did, you know, I'm trying to do my best here, Kevin, and for the people at home, I'm a giver. I'm a giver. <laughs> I'm a lover, not a fighter. Um, all right, fair enough. Well, uh, let's take a quick break to celebrate your uh, achievement, and then we will be back with Start and Sit. Hey, break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, we're back after that break. Did, did, was, it good, was, was it as good for you guys as it was for us? It was good for me. Let's have a smoke. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. All right, let's uh, get into start sit as we promised. Uh, for me up front, uh, this is kind of a question uh, also, but uh, I've listed Defoe at seven point eight. He has a brace against Palace, so now he's tied for fifth in goals on the season at fourteen five in the last five. Does not have some super great fixtures on the horizon though. Uh, so my question for you is: Is this one of the guys that you're just trusting the goals? I've been trying to naysay him for quite some time, and all he does is keep scoring goals. Uh, he's never scored more than 18 in the Premier League, but he's up to uh, 14 already. The upcoming fixtures, Southampton, Everton, City, Middlesbrough, and Burnley. He does fortunately have Burnley at uh, at home at the Stadium of Light. But those are some tough defenses uh, to come up against. Is, is Defoe somebody that you're buying in because of how good he's been, or are you a little bit leery because of the matchups? You know... Defoe is one of those guys who seems like he's matchup proof to me. He's he's already has a goal against City and Southampton on the year, so I mean that's not something that and he both did him on the road, so that's something to keep in mind. He did him away from the Stadium of Light, so I mean that's something to keep in mind. He's just one of those guys. He's basically like the Ron Popeil of you know set it and forget it strikers. If you if you roll with three strikers and you don't want to change the one guy from your third striker. Jermaine Defoe is that guy. He's basically he's vanilla vanilla striker, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's basically all all I all I have. You know, I mean, he scores against good teams. He scores against bad teams. He's he's scored he against Arsenal sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It, there's no like real rhyme or reason to it. You know, he scored at Burnley at you know he scored at Burnley and Burnley has doesn't let up many goals yeah, at home. Fifth best you defense know, at home. Scored yeah. two two at Liverpool. You know, yeah. I mean. 
Two at, two at Crystal Palace, but Crystal Palace sucks. But you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like he scored he scored at Southampton, who in the beginning of the year was very stout defensively. Yeah, he can turn up when he turns up. So turn up for what he turns up for what? Yeah. Turn turn down for what? Do 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 do. He's, um, got, <laughs> he's got four he's got four goals on the year against Crystal Palace, by the way. Just let you know. Wow. They should uh try to stop that. That's my uh Big Sam take. should Big Sham Big Sam should chew on defenders instead of gum. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's real gross. So I'm going to move on to midfield. Uh, you already mentioned him. Uh, it's Gilfie Sigurdsson. I brought him in this week for Stannis Loss, who obviously uh, lost his starting spot and just wasn't really doing much of anything anyway. Um, Sigurdsson is top five in goals, assists, successful crosses, and shots on target in the last five matches. Uh, he is against uh, Boro this week, but they've only managed one clean sheet over that same period and are averaging two goals allowed per game. Uh, over that stretch and as you mentioned the upcoming schedule after that not so scary either it's 7.3 he's super attainable um and i just think he's somebody that people should really be keeping an eye on he has been playing out wide for Swansea, mm-hmm. which i think is interesting um because you would assume with the signing of narsing that he'd be on one side and maybe jordan ayu on the other side but Routledge is still getting a run i i, that, I assume that's going to normalize soon i think narsing They've already realized he's a good super sub. He has two assists the last two weeks off the yeah. bench. We even um, saw Nathan Dyer as well. You saw a little bit of Nathan Dyer as well. Yeah, uh, sorry. Premier League winning Nathan Dyer, I think there you'll you find. Um, oh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I also have a secondary uh, midfielder because as I was going through the stats, I found something that I hated but was also pretty surprising, which is Charlie Adam at 4.7 is crazy gambly. The matchup's... It's Palace this week, but it gets really bad after that. But he's top five in assists, chances created, and successful crosses over the last five, which I don't think many people would think. No, um, they, that, that's not a guy you would associate with good stuff. Right. <laughs> right. With, also, with stealing, your, with stealing your car, absolutely. Right. Also, uh, one of my favorite stats in football always is that Charlie Adam is younger than Lionel Messi, uh, which people always fail to forget. It's becoming more believable as they both reach their 30s, but... I remember like four or five years ago when uh, Adam was at Blackpool mm-hmm. and Lionel Messi was like, you know, best player in the world. It was like, Charlie Adam, balding Charlie Adam is uh, younger than Lionel Messi. But anyway, just kind of keep an eye on that. I- I'm I'm not sure if I'm recommending to bring him in, but so, so wait, it is interesting. Did I just hear you say that you want Charlie Adam over Lionel Messi? Is that, is that what yeah. I just picked Yeah, uh-huh, up? yep. <laughs> my, my attention span just led me to hear that. Right, right. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, also, defensively, it's just a week for big boys. Arsenal, Everton, United, Chelsea, City, all worth having. Uh, who do you got in your uh, uh, starts there, Rob? Uh, I'll start in defense. Uh, love Everton. They don't blank. Invest in, tw- invest in them twice. Listen, uh, I, I, we went over the Kevin Relish thing through the midfield. You're not owning Ross Barkley. Uh, if you want to roll the dice with 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 a, the punt midfielder and Tom Davies or Lukaku, and then you want Lukaku, I'm recommending probably a, dub, a double up on defense: Baines and Coleman, or Baines and Williams, or Coleman and Williams, or you know Sherman and Williams for paint. Any any of those combinations, you, you're basically going to want three Everton players for the upcoming you know twenty five, six, seven, eight games. So because they don't blank, so uh, double up on an Everton defender is my recommendation this week through the midfield. Um, I'm, I'm anxious to see what, what uh, Robert Snodgrass is going to do in his second game with West Ham against West Brom at home. Uh, we saw we saw what he could do. He ran a full 90, got an assist. I think there's more to come of this. I think he's only going to grow and grow into the role better once he gets more playing time. Uh, like I said, his price tag is 5.8. 
It's a perfect investment with everybody who has a little bit of money. West Ham's upcoming schedule is is nice and cheeky, so he's somebody you can invest in. And they also don't blank. It's going to be a recommendation here for a lot of things this week. Uh, and then on forward, uh, I, I we we talked about him before, and I compared him to with Kevin with Niang. Uh, it's Fernando Lorente this week for me at Swansea. Leicester is just god awful away from home. Uh, I mean, they're god awful in general lately, but they're just they're just not any good on the road at all. Uh, Swansea, I think I think has multiple tallies in this game, and I think Lorente might be one of the if if I don't know the odds of bookmakers right now, but if there's odds for a guy scoring a brace this week, I'd probably bet on him. It's it's as crazy as, as it may sound. Also also on the also on defense, Swansea's a good nice little uh, cheeky thing. Leicester hasn't scored in 2017. I repeat, Leicester hasn't scored in 2017. They're saving him off for the Champions League, is what they're doing. Uh, and then on to the sits. Uh, I mentioned his price has gone up. Uh, Watford looks like a newly reinvigorated team, but Troy Deeney's got three and three, and they're going against a team this week uh, against United at home. I don't, I don't see them breaking through that. I think United is stout enough defensively, especially at home, to keep Deeney out of it. Uh, I think if they do, Watford do get a goal, I think it's going to be some freakish thing where uh, you know a clown runs on the field, runs over somebody in a VW bus, and De Gea lets them go in uh, through the midfield. Uh, you know, it's, we're repetitive here because we like talking about people that you know are, are doing us wrong that we used to love. It's Matty Phillips. Uh, you can't trust a West Brom player right now. Uh, I don't. I don't like anybody. If you're going to buy in, into anybody, buy into somebody that's a complete differential. Matty Phillips's ownership is way is, was spiked a couple weeks ago, and I say move to Nasser Chadley. Kevin mentioned it before. He's moved into that central, basically quasi ten role, where he's being a, a good facilitator of the ball. I think it's a good role for him, and I think he probably is the guy to own through the midfield there. Uh, on defense, you know, I, I said Burnley before, and I was questioning why people were bringing him in so much and making their prices rise. They are they are at home where they're very good, but they are at home versus Chelsea, who are also very good. So I'd re- recommend not steering clear of that. Um, but but stay away from Bournemouth defenders. I know their ownership is kind of wonky, and a lot of guys have uh, you know flags next to the name. Uh, Adam Smith does, uh, Daniels does. I'm trying missing the, the other one. Oh, Francis does. I mean that's not good for a Bournemouth defense that's already shaky, and they they may be missing two or three guys. Uh, steer, steer clear. Those are my sits. Yep, all, all good uh, point outs there on your end. Um, I apparently have to eat some crow on Andre Gray. He so easily could have scored the last two weeks. Yeah. Um, and then just didn't. And it's so frustrating. And then obviously with Chelsea this week, it's hard to buy in. I was surprised that Robbie Brady didn't start. That would have helped. Um, Andre Gray does end up having Hall and Swansea to the next few weeks. But uh, I think you mentioned earlier, they are both away. Burnley seem to struggle a lot more. I, I just think his time has kind of come, which is frustrating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still believe in the talent, and I still think he'll put in good performances and kind of Defoe-like. I think he'll pop up with goals every now and again to make you question whether or not you bring him in. But right now, unfortunately, that arrow is pointing down. Um, in midfield, uh, we talked about a couple of them earlier, but I just think that whole, like, Lalana, Stanislas, Morales, etc. Sorry, et cetera. Um, situation. All of them have hit rough stretches, and like you, you said, you still have Phillips. I still have him as well. But this is probably the week he's on the chopping block. And if he stays and doesn't perform well, it's only because they're more pressing needs, like the Alexis and Ibrahimovic transfers out. Um, but yeah, that that whole like class of midfielders has 
been pretty disappointing of late. Uh, for defenses I don't like, Burnley are very good, but not away from home. As we've mentioned multiple times here against Chelsea, you don't like that. And I don't like either side of Spurs-Liverpool. I think both teams are going to get on the board there. All right, uh, Rob, let's talk about our teams a little bit. Uh, you, you mentioned that you're holding your two transfers at the moment, but who are you thinking about bringing in? Uh, Sigurdsson is going to be one my one transfer. Um, I have Phillips and I have Stanislaus in the midfield, so it'll be for one of them. Uh, I'll net about $2 million, You know, It's going to cost me about $2 million in... Uh, in ducats, but I am probably going to go from Ibrahimovic to Lukaku up top. So it's basically like a neutral swap. So uh, it's looking right now. I have it on my I have it on my my screen right now. My moves I just haven't hit confirm. So basically, my moves this week will be Stanislas to Sigurdsson, and then Ibrahimovic to Lukaku, and that'll leave me with Alonso, Peters, Baines, Aspilicueta, and Charlie Daniels at defense. I just haven't had a chance to get him out. Uh, Sanchez, Phillips, Davies, Ali, Sigurdsson to the midfield, Lukaku, Negredo, Kane up top. I haven't got a, haven't had a chance to get Negredo out, and I haven't got a chance to get Daniels out. So, I mean, and then I'll be running with Ben Foster and goal. Um, you know, I still have a little bit of money in the bank, 0.5. So, you know, I do have some some maneuverability next week after we, fig- we find out who blanks in 28 as well as 26. So, you know, I'm not afraid to take a minus four, and I have some money in the bank. And Daniels is a is a dead leg right now at, at five at his price tag at five dot one, you know it's so I can go up or down in defense and, and maybe keep Nabrito. I don't know I'll figure it out. But my team sucks right now. I suck at this game. I don't know why people are listening to me. I'm kidding. I, I I'm a better teacher than a doer, right? So yeah. maybe I should teach Jim. Is that the, is that the whole thing? People who can't teach teach Jim. No, it's uh, people that can't do teach people who can't teach teach Jim. There you go. That's it. Yeah, um, that's, that's me. Uh, fair enough. Yeah, I, I mean, it has been a strange one because our, our attentions were divided early uh, because we got that DFS job basically as soon as the season started. And now my attention has been divided again because now I have to cover the goal.com game. Uh, so I'm, I'm kind of getting pulled all over the shop and my target team is suffering for it. Uh, unfortunately, but please, don't, don't talk about target, please. I've, <laughs> oh, I've, rest I've, in I've, peace, your team. Round my first three draft picks. Yeah, that's not great. No. Um, need a hug? No, it needs a needs an explosion. <laughs> it needs a tombstone. Yeah. Um, uh, but anyway, uh, for my team, uh, I, I mentioned I did Stanislas to Sigurdsson, um, which uh, was basically calling out Sigurdsson is a great option. Now Stanislas being dropped. Uh, first of all, uh, my team last week was short a person because uh, I had brought in Holgate. Uh, Holgate didn't start. Phil Jones didn't start. Um, Stanislaus didn't start, and, and uh, Morales didn't start. So I had four inactive players. Uh, uh, you only have three on your bench. Uh, get Stanislaus out of there. I cannot risk that happening uh, another week. Um, Phil Jones still has the full red triangle on him, but it was yeah, that's pretty funny. I know it. It was basically said that he was he just missed a fitness test last week. So I don't know why they're still saying he's not going to be back. I'll, I'll have to look at that in case he does uh, be able to get the... Uh, um, talking about Rojo last week. Uh, and then Rojo got pulled off. Just wasn't able to keep the... going be pretty frustrating. Now you have Biden back in there. Um, you all, I, I just think a lot of people... Should, uh, and they don't have bad... With the blanks... As well, um, it, now may be a time to start looking for step-offs from those Manchester United defenders. But for now, I just did the uh, Sigurdsson move. 
and hopefully that will be enough. Uh, who do you have that little C on this week? Oh, I mean, can, is it back to is it back to Sanchez against Hull? I think, or is, or I think Lukaku is probably going to be a good uh, a, a dominating call this week against at you know at Burrow. Um, yeah, but it, it, you know, listen. You, your heart says Sanchez at Hull. Your your mind says Lukaku at Middlesbrough, and, and your your wife will say Sigurdsson at Leicester. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Kane has scored the last two times Tottenham have played Liverpool, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, I haven't talked about him uh, today, but um, do keep Ericsson in your team. The the mm-hmm. stats are all still there. Yep. Just the points just haven't. I realize that at his price, it's hard to do. I'm just going to say give him a couple more weeks. If it does come back to neutral, then you'll be feeling real good about keeping him. And if not, you can get rid of him then uh, once some of these blanks are out of the way. And Tottenham are probably going to blank in 28 anyway. So you may have an easy chance to get rid of him if he doesn't perform the next couple weeks. Yep. Uh, All right. Well, that'll do it for us today. Rob, why don't you tell the folks where they can find you? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Smokey underscore Loogie. And you can find all my writings. I'm busy, busy this time of year with spring training just a week away hey. at Raz, on Razball.com. I handle all the bullpen and steel stuff as well as all my soccer responsibilities or football responsibilities. Uh, so go check it out. It's it's kind of a gas. I, I write like I'm joking around or I'm right like I'm basically sitting next to you at a pub. So <laughs> so my punctuation is uh and my language is uh, but it's still funny and educational nonetheless. <laughs> Yeah, definitely go check that out. Uh, I am your other host, Kevin DeVries, at KevRoth on Twitter. Uh, Rob and I also have a DFS show uh, through VIPBet.com, so go check them out. I'm also now the lead fantasy writer for uh, Goal.com, where they have their own separate game. It's, it's a, it is a different game. It's very interesting. You only get uh, $75 million to spend, but there's no bench, which changes strategy. You can make subs from Saturday to Sunday actively, uh, which is also an interesting thing. And... Gabriel Jesus is uh, way down in price. I think he's in the fives at the at time of recording because they included him at the start of the season. So his price continued to drop while he was out on loan. So uh, his price is way low. So if, if you aren't able to fit him into your team here, be sure to fit him into your team over there at goal.com. Uh, all right. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Rob, it's always nice talking to you. Good luck to your teams, and we'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace.